Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Uh, there's always a lot of things, you know, whenever, after a game, um, game, practice, whatever it is, if you feel like you had a good day or bad day, it's usually not as good or as bad as you thought. So going back and looking at it, obviously there was a lot of things I could have done better. I thought I could have been, you know, more accurate down the stretch. Um, obviously when the ball's in my hand at the end of the game, got to take care of it, uh, have a chance to go win. I felt like we had a bunch of momentum, got to finish there. So those are the two obvious things. But then I think just communication um, amongst the offense between me and the wideouts, running backs, O-line, everybody, tight ends. It just has to be better throughout the week. And I think you saw some of the, those miscues um, on Sunday. So that stuff, I mean, we had a great, we had a great day today. Uh, I thought we were letting it loose. Hopefully that means well uh, and good, good, performances coming up on uh, Sunday for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's Trevor Lawrence, of course, uh, reliving a little bit of last Sunday. Moving on to this Sunday against San Francisco 49ers. By the way, we'll have ESPN 690 game day live from the Duval House Sunday morning, 9 a.m. until 11 a.m. Uh, the 1 o'clock kicks, by the way, for these West Coast teams. It's not easy. Uh, that is early for those guys and their body clock. So that's a bit of an advantage and might have been one of the reasons why the Jags played well against Arizona. So keep an eye on that with San Francisco. Uh, much like the Jags go on the West Coast, and that seems to throw them off and they can't ever do well out there, uh, keep an eye on it. Now, does, not all the time. Some teams are, by the way, usually if you're better, you're better. <laughs> so I, I'm a big believer if you're better, you're better. And kind of Arizona was better even with their B, maybe even C game that day. Uh, and that's why they ended up coming back and beating the Jags. But there is a thing about that. I mean, they're playing 10 o'clock in the morning, essentially, on their body clock. That's a little bit different. A lot of times the West Coast teams will come and it'll be a 4 o'clock game. Uh, not the case here in town on and Sunday. I don't think San Francisco's C team is better than the Jags' A team. Well, that's a it's good point. It's not like that with Arizona. Yeah, that's a very, that's a very fair point uh, for sure. So uh, Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz, Austin uh, out for the rest of the week. He's got his fight coming up on Sunday. We'll talk more about that as the week goes along. It's a fun show so far. Mal Washington jumping in, talking volleyball as his daughter goes for a state championship tonight with Pontevedra. Just had Matthew Driscoll on. That's always entertaining and fun and brings up the energy of the show. He's out in Beverly Hills running around. And uh, Paulie Pavilion tonight for the a game against UCLA, the number two team in the country. Uh, what a road trip this has been for the Ospreys. Go check out unfospreys.com, how you can watch the game and for schedules and results. And they'll be back home on Saturday. Big basketball weekend around here. Saturday, it's UNF uh, at home, 2 o'clock. And uh, I'll be on the call on ESPN Plus for that one. But you come on out to the arena for the first look at the 2021-22 Ospreys. And then Sunday and Monday, it's a Jacksonville Classic uh, the FSU will play at 5.30 on Sunday, part of a four-game schedule with the inaugural Jacksonville Classic, jacksonvilleclassic.com, uh, for more information on how to get tickets. And uh, there'll be two games on Monday as well. We might even be doing the show out there on Monday afternoon at UNF Arena. So uh, check out the Jacksonville Classic coming up this weekend. A lot of basketball over there at UNF Arena, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. All right, I asked uh, earlier with Coach, I said, what's like the holy grail, right, of college basketball? Uh, I've been to Duke. I've never. I've been to Kentucky, but not to see a game. I've, like, I've seen it from the outside. That's it. Never been to UCLA, although we're going out to L.A. in a couple of weeks. Might kind of slide by there. Um, he mentioned Kansas. I've heard of Kansas is really cool. And he said different. Now, Duke, I didn't see it in full throat. It, we went like it was a snowstorm. They, we were supposed to go. How about this? We we're supposed to go to Duke, North Carolina, same night, like wow. an afternoon night, and they canceled the North Carolina game. That's how bad the snow was. Jeez. So we got lucky that we actually got to see a game at Duke, 
but it wasn't like Duke, North Carolina. Like, we would never got tickets to that. But uh, Duke, so we haven't seen it like that. You know what I mean? Uh, but Duke was really cool. Duke is a really cool place, and you can tell why it's a cool place. It's just neat. Uh, you should see those Duke tickets this year. Are they pricey? Oh, yeah. I bet. Well, I mean, again, they didn't see it a lot, you know? Well, that and Coach K. Yeah, oh, yeah, good point. Uh, I wouldn't think uh, – I, I think the bigger arenas like Kentucky and, and even UCLA, I'm not sure I would feel it as much as – I think Duke and Kansas, I think what Coach said was probably right on. So, real quick, if you think about the other sports, like college football, what do you think? Ohio State. Really? Yeah, that's the first one that came to mind. More I, than like Notre Dame? Yeah. Oof, Notre Dame, so good. Uh, that's what came to mind. I mean, I, I'm just saying. Uh, NFL has to be Lambeau. Yeah. That's easy. How about baseball? Yeah, Wrigley Field comes to mind on that one. I know where you're going, but Wrigley Field comes to mind, and then old Yankee Stadium was pretty cool. Well, and you're right about that now. I, I will say this. I hate the Yankees. Wrigley Field's awesome. Fenway is awesome. There was something different, and, like, you could feel the ghosts at Yankee Stadium, especially, like, it was really cool walking out got a chance to walk out the, the dugout steps at Yankee Stadium. So I've been we. in the locker room. Yeah. And it's like, holy cow, like Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle, like Babe Ruth yeah. took this walk. Like, it is really cool. The problem is it doesn't exist anymore. And that's yeah. like, I almost feel like they should have kept Yankee Stadium up just for tours. <laughs> like It made sense. They would have made Yankee money. Yankee Stadium doesn't, it, it's like nothing. They, they they tore it all down. When they tore it down, they tore all those those memories down. Like if you go to Yankee Stadium, it is just not the same. You do not feel that. Yeah, no desire to go to the new one. Been to the old and one, you it was really great. shouldn't. I mean, the food at the new Yankee Stadium is unbelievable from a concession stand food I'm in standpoint. Now. It's amazing. I'm all of a sudden in. But it's nowhere near like, wow, I got to go there. Uh, basketball's like NBA wise, Madison Square Garden. Yeah, uh, I mean for it's me, a hockey it used thing to be too. the Boston Garden. Uh, so I guess it's kind of easy. It, yeah, in that regard, baseball is interesting because you could pick the There's trio a couple of options. Um, Tropicana Field, of course, <laughs> solid fourth. <laughs> but uh, yeah. they would want to play in college hoops, college football, MLB, NFL, NBA. Hockey would be Madison Square Garden as well, probably. Or I guess hockey is more like a Canada thing, so probably where Montreal plays the Bell Center. I know, I know that's not what you're going for. I can see it. Yeah. But. Well, I just honestly, I wouldn't feel. I could see that. I wouldn't. I don't have a feel for that. Right. I honestly think now, like in hockey, the outdoor classic that they've done is so cool. Oh, and yeah. It's like give me whatever venue, is, like where you're going, like that would be like the Lambeau one or Wrigley or Nashville or this year. It. You know, is that where they're doing Nashville mm -hmm. this year? So I, I think, think the those Lightning are pretty are in cool. It. And that has no historic value to it. But I think that's one of the cool things the NHL has done. Uh, by the way, the Icemen uh, are at home uh, tonight uh, at the arena. Not at one of those places. Not outside. Yeah, no. <laughs> not Firmly yet. inside against a team from Maine. They came all the way from Portland, Maine. Yeah, that's wild. It's the ECHL. You travel that far. It's crazy. And they're playing on back-to-back -back days, which makes and sense. And they got one more on Friday as well. So that makes sense, right? It's uh, it's one road trip. Um, to, but it's just kind of cool that uh, I think UNF – Basketball will play UCLA and Kentucky. You could cross two of those off the list uh, just like that. Um, eight games to go for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We have Captain Rick on. Uh, it, we're going to get to this question. I want you to think about it for a moment. Uh, eight games to go for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right now, do you know whether it would be drafting? Detroit's one, Houston's two, 
Jags and Jets. Jags, Jets. I think there's one other two-winner. I don't think Miami. so. Oh, oh, Miami. Miami is three now. It's three now, yeah. So, so the Jags are picking top four. Yep. They're picking three or four Yep. right now. Where do the Jags draft? With eight games to go, are they in the top five? Do they go to the top ten? Are they outside the top ten with a few wins? Like, where do you think they will draft in the first round? Think about that for a moment. We welcome in uh, Captain Rick Rouse right now, Florida Sportsman Fishing Report, here on ESPN 690 each and every day. Captain Rick, what's happening? Uh, they're going to draft eight, and they're going to get an edge rusher because you can never have too many. All right. I like it. I like that. That's what I think. I tell you what, I'm feeling lucky tonight. Oh, my goodness, the fishing's been good for the last couple days. Just about anything you want to do. I know Jason Haddock yesterday on the J-Hook had, I believe, three sailfish and a couple of three mahi and six or seven blackfin tuna. Our blackfin tuna showed up real well. Craig Sutton on the fish-tastic eight mahi and seven tuna. So uh, there's been some hefty catches of big fish coming from out around the Gulf Stream. Also been very good bottom fishing there with a surprising number of grouper. Get a little closer to shore, about 40 miles off there, Arcovia. They're popping up on uh, certain wrecks. Um, I know Steve Proctor, Dave Crisp, and I ran into some uh, pretty good ones yesterday afternoon. And uh, not much on the trigger fishing for me in Snapper, but was mighty glad to see those Cobia. Two of them were a throwback. The other were 35 pounds. Uh, today, the same thing. Quite a few cobia caught. Um, they seem to be centered in that 35 to 45-mile range. Obviously, they settle there usually for the winter, and then we'll see them come back inshore once the water warms up a little bit. Ocean's calm, but it might be the last day. We're going to pick up a little bit of breeze tomorrow, and then a full-blown northeaster will be blowing on Friday. So I don't see the weather settling back down until Thanksgiving, Brent, but there's one thing you can count on. We'll be back to check on it tomorrow with another fishing report brought to you by Workman's Quick Fix Plumbing and CNS Landscaper, who are paying top dollars for top landscapers all over Northeast Florida right now. Thank you, Brent. Thanks, Captain Rick. Appreciate it. Talk to you tomorrow. That is uh, Captain Rick Riles, Florida Sportsman Fishing Report, each and every day, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. And then, of course, Saturday morning, 7 a.m. on ESPN 690. All right, so I asked the Jags right now would be picking, uh, I've got it third, by the way. This, so they win the tiebreaker over the Jets somehow. Oh, well, oh, oh you're saying right now, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I was what, like, there's no way you're. That's right your final now at two and seven, uh, I think probably because of strength of schedule uh, difference, they would pick third uh, behind the Lions and the Texans. And do the Texans own that pick, by the way, or is that another one they traded? I don't remember. Oh, that's a good question. I think actually, would that mean the Dolphins own that pick, or the Dolphins traded all the way? That's a good question. I got to look I'll, that up. Yeah. No, I think the Texans own that pick. I know they trade all the other ones they had, and yeah, this year when there's no quarterback, they can't get one. No, if they no, have the yeah, they they do. Uh, and then so the fourth pick would be the Jets. The fifth pick is right now Miami, but Philadelphia gets the Miami pick there. Um, mm. Philadelphia picks like a ton. Uh, by the way, Giants would be picking sixth and seventh right now. They've got a pick from Chicago. They would be picking sixth and seventh. The Jets would be picking eighth. They'd be picking fourth and eighth. Wow. I mean, it's unbelievable to have two teams picking two in the top ten right now. And so there's going to be four of the top ten players going to New York is what you're telling me? And actually, that's three teams, three Philadelphia picks right now, five and ten. That's ridiculous. Have we ever seen – they've never seen anything like that no. if that were to take place. And if anything, they're going to get better. Position. Philadelphia picks five and ten. 
what did I just say? The Jets pick four and eight, and the Giants pick six and seven. That is an, an that's unbelievable. If that were to hold form, I mean, there's a lot. And they'll change. find a way to screw it up. Uh, <laughs> uh, that is wild. All right. So, uh, by the way, the Philadelphia Eagles will pick five, ten, and fifteen right now in the draft. Three in the top fifteen. It's not. That is absolutely crazy. Uh, so, what I'm asking here is, you've got eight games to go. You basically got to figure out what will the Jags' record be, how many will they win, and so therefore, what will they end up picking? I'm a believer right now the Jags are going to get three more wins. I think they're going to beat Houston. I think they're going to beat the Jets, and I think they're going to win one of the next two games: San Fran, Atlanta. I, I think it's hard for me to say they're going to beat them both. I also do think what's in play for the Jags is to win one more of those games. The Colts at the end of the year here at home, uh, Tennessee on the road. Who knows what Tennessee looks like four weeks from now? Yeah, they'll be sitting guys and whatnot. Well, not yet for that, but they, I just don't feel like they're going to be this team that's thriving like they are right now. We're talking uh, still four weeks away. And what else is in there? There's something else in there. New England, that's a tough one to say right now that they're going to go up to New England and win. But... Uh, so I think there's in play for the Jags to still get five. You got to remember, each win for the Jags, I feel like, is important. Last year, they they were playing it out, right? And they almost each loss was important. They were playing it out. This year, I think like each win means something to them. Like them to win the last game of the year means something. It might not mean a darn thing to Indianapolis. So I think they're going to continue to play hard. I think they've proven that. I don't think they're going to go get the golf clubs out and the vacations ready early, which some some teams do. And, and I think each win matters. So I think the Jags are going to sneak some wins in December that maybe even people don't think they could get. Uh, so I'm going to go with five on the conservative side. But I do think it's possible they get to six. I really do. And I don't think their offense can play much worse, and it looks like their defense is finding something. So um, if they got the five wins, who else won't get the five wins? Detroit, mm -hmm. Houston, the Jets, uh Dolphins, I think, have a chance to get the five I think the wins. Dolphins get there, too, yeah. Uh, but and the Jags beat them, so I don't know. What that probably means they'll pick ahead of them. Uh, the Giants, I think, have a chance to get the five wins. Uh, Washington could get stuck. I think what's tough in that division is uh, Philly, who has four right now, Washington and the Giants, they all play each other two times still each. Okay. So, like, half of their games are against each other. They're going to split. They'll so split. Philadelphia, they're going to win more than, probably more than five, right? We saw their yeah. schedule. Uh, Atlanta's going to probably win more than five. They're, they're actually have been pretty decent at times this year. Um, Minnesota's going to win more than five. Denver already has five. Cleveland has five. Cincinnati has five. And now you're starting to get the teams that are going to probably win seven or eight games. Yeah. So there's a really good chance that even if the Jags finish with five wins, they're going to pick in the top ten. Oh, yeah, I, I, I have mean, them picking fifth. That's where I'm at. Gosh, that's crazy. Five wins and still picking fifth. Now, it's a 17-game season, so that makes it a little different. Um, I'm going to say somehow, these the goofy things happen in the NFL. I think the Jags picked seventh this year. All right. I think they're going to pick seventh. This is who I have in front of them in five, by the way, which I assume you're going to have to have all these teams to get to seven. But the Lions, the Texans, and in order, the Lions, the Texans, the Jets, and the Giants. I think the Giants are just out of control bad. And the Jags, so they only end up with four wins. Somehow the Jags end up with five, and they get behind them. Yeah. So you need to find two more teams, though. I need to either find two more teams or the Jags are going to get me that sixth win. 
That's true. Pretty wild that you could get six wins in the NFL and still pick like seventh in the draft. Yeah, especially when the team that's picking first <laughs> might win once. Yeah, that's pretty they might. crazy. That's pretty crazy. Uh, so the bottom line is I think even if the Jags go 500 the last eight games, they're definitely picking in the top ten. And there's a really good chance they pick in the top five. Yeah, it's tough. Well, it's tough, but it's not at the same time because you want to win. Good. Yeah. Like, that's that's actually the ideal scenario. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to the playoffs. If you could close the season four and four over these last eight games, you could win. Well, let's let's go three and five. Three and five, it's more realistic. Five wins. You end up five and twelve. You probably won off where a lot of people thought you'd be. I think like the Vegas over under was six. And you still pick in the top five. And heck, to be honest with you, if you won a sixth game and you end up six and eleven, that's a five-game improvement, and you might still pick in the top seven. Yeah, you're getting a good player either way. I, I mean, mean, that's actually a really good scenario for the Jags if they could have a good second half of the year. You've increased your win total by four or five, and you're still picking in the top seven to get players like a well, last time you picked seven was Josh Allen. So and it's it's a defensive draft. You're not going to get your wide receiver at five, seven, or whatever. But the Texas A&M kid is he in play there? Is Jordan Davis in play there in the oh, yeah. middle? Uh, yeah, your wide receiver probably Hutchinson not from Michigan. If you get there at five, so wow. I mean, that's actually a pretty good scenario if you start looking ahead, where you can again totally different than last year, where everybody was rooting for them to lose to get the number one overall pick. You can root for them to win, shoot four games, and still finish. Potentially in the top five, probably more like seven or even eight if you got to the six-win total. Crazy. And again, I, I don't think many people are betting on the Jags winning six right now. I think I think a lot of people, I don't think you think I'm crazy if I say five, though. I, I think five wins is probably where they finish. That's a realistic number. I think it is. Yeah, but you're think, not a realistic guy, so that's why you're at seven. That's why I went to six. Six. Not seven. I didn't go seven. You'll get going, to seven. If you get to seven, you'd have to go five and three in an eight-game stretch. The last time the Jags did that was 2017. And they don't have that kind of team. Well, so obviously. That would be unlikely. Hey, stranger the things have happened. Thing, that craziest thing is if they had beat if they had somehow found a way to win that game, like okay, if, 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 right? Right, yeah. Then we would be staring at six or seven in the conversation right. in our minds because they had won three out of four. So very interesting, uh, I think, to look at the Jags. We're not going to talk draft yet. But their draft position is going to be good regardless of how many W's they get uh, down the stretch. Unless they just clear the table, which is not going to happen. We'll be back. That is going to happen on ESPN 690 right after this. He's been pretty good. You know, I think the, the biggest issue we have right now is the throw and catch. You know, that was, you know, I knew we had drops. I just hadn't had time to count them all. But we're just trying to move on and trying to get the fight right rhythm and with the quarterback and wideouts and backs. That is Urban Myers. They try to fix the offense for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Big story today down there is drops and, and the receivers. Uh, they got to get everybody cooking. Uh, and it would be nice uh, if they did. Again, I, I started the show. I said this. I think their offense can play at a functional level. And actually, if they scheme stuff and they can trust stuff, you got a quarterback that can play. You got an offensive line that they continue to say is even better than our eyes are telling us, but at times has been good. I think it's a little leaky right now, but they could get Brandon Linder back. That's one of the stories. And you have 
Marvin Jones, who's done it. You have LaVisca Chenault, who can do some things that other guys can't. And you have Jamal Agnew, who's got a little speed. If you use him the right way, I think that I feel like they shouldn't be overusing him right now. I don't think he's that kind of skill set guy. And they have Dan Arnold, who right now, I think you could make the case Dan Arnold is the biggest mismatch the Jaguars have. What a moment. I mean, what a moment. You're right. You're absolutely right. But, like, how did we get here? I, I know it. Um, I mean, it's not a terrible thing, but, yeah, you'd want your mismatch to be, like, your number one wide receiver maybe and maybe a number two wide receiver. And Yeah. And, I mean, listen, their best player is James Robinson. 100%. But their biggest mismatch might be Dan Arnold. Like, his speed is legit. It really is. And so getting that guy in space. So that's why I say, and, and again, reiterate the top of the show what, what we're talking about. You always go back and listen on the podcast, subscribe, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Do the same on YouTube. That, uh, hey, they can function and do some things if they can get in a rhythm that allows them to function. Yeah. And, and I really go back to the first, like, six weeks. I thought they were moving the ball. I thought they had some critical bad calls, bevel, or bad plays from flea flickers to bad fourth downs that didn't allow them to get in the end zone. But they were not fu- they were functioning pretty good up and down the field. Go look at the yardage totals. Go look at yards per play early in the season. They weren't bad in those categories. They were running the football. Things were working off the play action. They actually weren't running it enough on a lot of occasions. And now the last three weeks without James, they haven't been running it well. Second half, they got going a little bit. Why? Because they put James Robinson in. And so if he can be healthy and stay healthy, they've got a chance to function as a normal offense, even without DJ Chark, Travis Etienne. Uh, they can still do it, but they got to catch the ball. They got to get the running game going. And then they got to scheme it the right way, uh, I think is the moral of the story for me. Um, By the way, tight end guy. I love tight end, favorite position on the field, but had no idea who Dan Arnold was. So yeah. That's, that's, that's cool. I, you know, I, I, I've said this too. I think Dan Arnold's really good for the room, like really good for that locker room. Uh, listening to him talk. He's very good. He's very good. And... I think, uh, who was it? Did somebody say it? Uh, that, yeah, I think it was Urban said. Urban said that, <laughs> I had to make sure I didn't hear it somewhere else, just to confirm in my own mind. But I think it was Urban that said, you know, you knew he was a good room guy, good leader guy, when, like, Carolina, when they tried to call for the trade, basically said, we got to go ask the room. Yeah. If it's going to sit okay. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's the type of guy you want. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'd heard that before. Now, I'm sure it's been done, but I've never really heard that. Especially from, a, like, this isn't the Dan, Dan Arnold disrespect hour because we like the guy, but it's just like we didn't know he was a person. I didn't, at least. I don't want to speak for you, but I didn't know he was a person. Like, I didn't even know he was on their radar in free agency, which apparently he was, according to Urban. He said that. They, he was, yeah. I just didn't know he was, like, even real. Well, I think what's crazy, too, is that, like, in reality, there's a really good chance Dan Arnold in the offseason free agency didn't want to come to Jackson. Yeah, I don't blame him. He just didn't want, he didn't know the situation with Urban, didn't want to come, might have even taken less money to go to Carolina. Which still, I mean, wasn't a great situation. It wasn't but great, better, better but it was a little more. Well, it, uh, was it though? Well, you knew what it was. Like, I think people, if you're a free agent, you don't know what the Urban situation is. But like, need... how's it going to work? Like, Matt Rule had been there now a couple of years. Sure. But you're pretty sure you're going to have Trevor throwing you the ball. Well, and also, if I'm a tight end, though, I also have Christian McCaffrey running the ball in Carolina. That's true. You know, and Sam Darnold, you might be like, hey, this guy's not that bad. Like, you, you might, you can buy into that. They had, they also had brought in, uh, what's his name? Anderson. 
They already have DJ Moore. And so they drafted a uh, treble. I, I mean, really, if, if you're Dan Arnold and you take the money away from it, I can see why he went to Carolina and yeah. maybe didn't want to come there. I don't know if he didn't want to. He might just said, hey, this is a better situation for me. And uh, and so the, the irony is he ends up in Jacksonville. Like it or not, Dan. And, and the question, I mean, seriously, I think the question is, and I think the answer is yes, is he the biggest mismatch you have on offense? Again, don't get caught up in the words here. I said, is he the best mismatch you have on offense? I think James Robinson is no question the best player you have on offense. But yep. when you line up a tight end that can run, that creates mismatches on defense. And the problem is if they're not worried about anybody else, then that mismatch kind of goes away. If they could just get somebody to worry about one other thing on defense, that will open up Dan Arnold even more. But he's been a highly targeted guy. He's uh, done a pretty good job catching the football. But I will say this. We praise Dan Arnold because we're getting about as much production out of the tight end spot as we can remember. We also think that and know that he's a mismatch. But it's not like he's played unbelievable. He no. cost the team an interception. Mm -hmm. He cost the team a fumble return for a touchdown. And he said on the podium Sunday in Indianapolis when we were there, that might have been the worst game he's played in, in a long time. <laughs> hey, Urban's ringing the honesty out of these guys, I guess. When so, your coach is transparent, everyone's transparent. So even he doesn't feel like he's playing his best football. And if he does start to play his best football, and some of these other folks do, I think he can get the offense going. I, I would not be surprised if the offense over the next month starts to, starts to go a little bit, like starts to move. Now, I'm not even comparing it to the last three weeks. The last three weeks have been atrocious. Uh, it really, it's... You finally got going in the second half. Otherwise, for a while, for 11 quarters, we were sitting on like a touchdown or two in three weeks. That was it. And so, uh, but I really think this offense at some point over these last eight games is going to go through a stretch where they score like 27, 30, 31, 28, like something like that, three weeks in a row. I do. I feel like it's going to happen. And these two tight end sets with O'Shaughnessy and Arnold are going to be nuts. Yeah, and listen, Linder, if he, he's coming back, I don't know if he'll come back this Sunday. I, I don't know if that will happen. Usually when they take these guys off, designate them back, that doesn't mean they come back right away. Uh, but if he comes back, you definitely upgrade over Shatley. When, and you've been missing guys on, off, on the offensive line here and there. So it's almost the part you don't think about. Don't be surprised if we're sitting here and, and you know, going into the Titans game. We're coming out of the Titans game. We're talking about, well, the defense is kind of back to what we thought it was going to be, and the offense is, hey, now they're scoring some points. Why can't they play complimentary football, you know? Yeah, we'll like, probably do that. That's a, Because that's what not great teams do, you know? That's what happens. And they're not a great team. So uh, They are not. But I think they'll get the offense going a little bit. Hey, uh, we got Tulane against Florida State tonight, 730 on ESPN 690. Uh, that is happening. And... It is happening. Uh, you can obviously listen, 7.30, it's coming up. And then Sunday, uh, we'll have Florida State playing in the Jacksonville Classic right here at UNF Arena. You can go watch that, jacksonvilleclassic.com for tickets. You can listen to it on ESPN 690. And it'll lead you right into Sunday Night Football. And so. it will lead you into Sunday Night Football and also lead you into Austin's fight, UFC Fight Pass. Uh, now, we won't have that. Now, that's we what we should get. We that should get would to be... the point where we're broadcasting, and you and I are calling it. Now, now here's the thing, Brent. You're on to something because that's not illegal because I've been known. Yeah, I know. That's not illegal? No. I've watched people do it on YouTube where they watch it and just do their own. It's like practice commentary. We could do that. I wonder if we can do it. I wonder if it's less legal if you broadcast it. Like, 
they're not broad like they're putting there's a couple YouTube, hundred people but. watching though <laughs> yeah, that's a little different than like we have an fcc license type of thing okay yeah you know what i mean maybe we'll do like a twitter spaces but maybe you can like i don't know the radio rights to mma like we should do a radio <laughs> broadcast of Austin's well espn Fight, plus which, by the way how long is that show because it might be over in 20 seconds yeah it might be quick we just hop on hi i'm brent martin okay oh my god he's dead <laughs> You know, it's over. Not us. Not, no, of course not. The other dude, Adam, Juan Adams. Obviously not. Um, all right, let's take one more break, then we'll do golf picks, okay? Sounds good. We got uh, killing people here in the cage. Not um, Austin, though, I want to be perfectly yeah, clear. Make sure you clarify that. When I was envisioning it in my head, it was never once Austin. Uh, th- don't worry, the radio broadcast of the fight is down the road. <laughs> yeah, we're obviously not, not ready. This Sunday. I'm obviously we're not ready, not ready for, for that. Not approved. Yeah, by the management. Hey, we'll get there. Uh, all right. Uh, we will have Florida State basketball, though, tonight, 730 on ESPN 690, Tulane and FSU. Of course, our FSU report coming up tomorrow, football and basketball, right around 430 on ESPN 690. Uh, brought to you by Willie Jules Old School Barbecue and Bono's Pit Barbecue. Tomorrow, we'll have the show on the road, 3 p.m. at Strings Sports Brewery. Come on out and join us then. When we come back without the butcher, we make the picks some golf picks and we uh, put a bow in the show next on ESPN 690. Pretty good. You know, I think the, the biggest issue we have right now is the throw and catch. You know, that was, you know, I knew we had drops. I just hadn't had time to count them all. But we're just trying to move on and trying to get the fight right rhythm and with the quarterback and wideouts and backs. That is Urban Meyer. Been talking a lot of Jags today. We'll talk more of them tomorrow. We got our golf picks coming up. Right up the road. I almost did the show from St. Simons Island today. Yeah, man. I almost went. Until I found out I couldn't go. Yeah, because you said no fans on no Wednesday? No fans on uh, practice days this year. Sad. So the competition starts tomorrow. That would be correct. Up there in uh, Sea Island. It's an awesome place to get a chance to go. Uh, if you haven't been, it's it's just a fun place to go for the day anyway. And then you watch a little golf. It's a great setting. It's a good golf course. I think the weather's fantastic, right? Next couple of days. Yeah. So it should be uh, perfect. Um you remember when you, uh, the first time you drove a car by yourself? Yes, actually. You do remember that? Like, mm-hmm. I was trying to think, like, I don't remember that. Like, I remember taking my driver's test. I don't remember, though, like, my first yeah. time I drove, like, without anybody else in the car. I do. Is there a theme? Well, the reason I ask is I got a text from my wife around, like, 4.30. Oh, boy. Kaylee got her driver's license yesterday. So then she was going to... She had to go to her workout at 5. She and, just said, I'll take myself. And, yeah, we gave her permission to take herself. Wow. First one. How you feeling? Obviously fine, since if you said it happened at 4, it's now 5.49. You haven't mentioned it I didn't it get a call yet. I kind of did. I kind of forgot about it. We were just rocking and rolling. But yeah, I think this has distracted me from the idea of it. And now you're like, ah, crap. Um, so now she's got to get home. <laughs> she probably did the hard part, though, 5 o'clock-ish. Well, yeah. Driving through how's her traffic. Vi- how's her vision? Her vision? Yeah, I'm be- it's dark outside. Oh, like, I'm just vision. being serious. She's good vision. She's got like okay. 2013 vision. Is that good? That's really good. I thought 2020 was what you wanted. Well, if you could get 2013, you'd want it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I, I 20, guess so. Anything. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Really good. Uh, so I think her vision's fine. I'm not worried about that. Okay. Just checking. I'm worried about her ability to drive the vehicle. Is it big? By herself. Small? Ah, it's not that big. Mid-size, uh, as they say. Fields. 
she's taken a she's taken my wife's car, which is the Cadillac XT6. So it's kind of wow. like a mid-size SUV. I had a 2003 Ford Explorer. Yeah, I had a Subaru. 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 But let me make it clear: this is not her car. No, I know, she but that's getting one. Well, that's a good little start, though. Well, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but you guess. You no, know, okay. no choice. Um, she's not taking my truck. Actually, she drives my truck really well. She's a pretty good driver. So you feel better. You feel good. Yeah, I feel pretty good, but doing it by yourself is still a different animal. Oh, yeah. You know. Are you guys... Like, I can still be like, Kaylee, look out! Uh, yeah. That's a given. She that. doesn't have that person now to say that. That's true. Are you, uh, are you guys big, like, no radio people? Like, how does that play uh, out? I, I don't think we really talked about that. Um, obviously, the phone stuff, and uh, well, there's like, always that's a conversation. Given. And, but I, I don't... We didn't really say anything about the radio. Like, she might have the radio on a little bit, but it's not, like, it's not yet. Like, I think I think she'll probably be pretty cautious. I mean, going out. Worry about other people. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, you know, the problem with kid drivers, in my opinion, if you learn, is do they have you punched home enough that you have to be a defensive driver because there are a lot of dumbass drivers? Yeah. Like, that's what they don't understand. They think everybody knows what they're doing. Like, we all know now that you drive for a while, like, that nobody knows what they're doing. Yeah. Plus, most people have phones, and they're still messing around with it. Oh, yeah. And so, you really are not driving just for yourself. You're driving for that person that's next to you or coming at you or taking a right or a left. It's a hard thing to get across for yeah. someone that, I mean, not recently. I've been driving for a while now, but yeah. more recent than you learned how to drive. But I still, like, I, I feel like I'm a very defensive driver in that respect. Like, I don't trust anybody. Hey, I've rode with you a few times, never once have been worried. Yeah, I don't trust anybody, like, in the building. So I can't, sure as hell ain't going to trust anybody on a hi highway. That's true. Or on the roads. Yeah. The only time I was worried <laughs> like was when I thought we were out of gas. trust nobody. <laughs> <laughs> well, how's that worked out for you so far? Well, it's about worked out the same as the Jags offense the last three weeks. So <laughs> Trevor Lawrence might be feeling the same thing <laughs> lately. Trust nobody. Yeah, <laughs> sounds about right. Uh all right, we got to get the golf picks. So, but yeah, back to the point of the story of the golf picks. Um, so, yeah, as you mentioned, RSM Classic, uh, right up the road, if you will. Uh, they will play two different golf courses that you mentioned earlier in the week. That'll be Plantation and Seaside. Uh, I believe Seaside is the one they'll play three times if you play the weekend. Uh, you flip Friday or Thursday, Friday, you'll flip. Saturday, Sunday, you'll play the same course. And obviously the RSM Classic, and I will give Austin's Lane, Austin Lane's pick now. I texted him some information. By the way, this is interesting. I want to tell you this. The last three RSM Classics, the winning score has been 19 under par in all three. Wow. And they all three were in a playoff. Really? Yeah. Is it Streb or something? Streb's yeah. had a lot of success there. Bobby Streb. Robert. But Bobby. I call nice. him Bobby. I like how you call him Bobby. Yeah, you know, we're close like that. <laughs> so uh, Austin Lane says, RSM is a financial service, period. I'm taking the guy who looks like the most who looks like the, okay, not good grammar, but he's taking the guy that looks most likely to have an insider stock tip that he can't wait to share with you. <laughs> so is this, okay, that's a little different than looks like an accountant. Yeah. Because he would have went with Hunter Renfro if he did that. Yeah, a little different. I think this is a more insider trading type situation going on here, but nevertheless, Austin Lane, who outright won last week the Houston Open, uh, is going with Luke List. Luke List. Who, without a doubt, looks like any other guy. So, and I sent him, I sent him the link to the bug shots and he went with Luke List. Uh, I, I haven't seen odds on this, but I'm afraid to say the name. 
Because I, I bet, like, he's kind of a local guy up there, so he's probably got decent odds. Don't say Webb. No. Okay. I was going to say Jags fan. You know what I'm going with? Big Jags fan. Mm -mm. Harris English. Oh. He's got to be amongst the favorites, though, right? He is, but it's it's not a controversial. He is. He's in the 10K in fantasy and all that. But um, it's not very controversial because he's he's only played two times this year, and he withdrew and missed the cut. He's got a little back injury, but he says he's just fully ready to go. So uh, a favorite, but not really. So we'll let you have it. All right. We'll let you have it. Plus, I got, I, you got to throw the Jag fan in there once in a while. I didn't know that. Yeah. I like that. He's, Even yeah, more. he's probably, uh, well, I don't Like, Russell Knox a big Jags fan now. I knew that, but I, um, I didn't think that's where you were going. Obviously, Billy uh, Horschel. Okay. Jags fan. But, like, Harris English, I think he had Jags, like, on his back. Really? For a while. I think, like, the Jags and him had a partnership. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, it is cool. Like, that, uh, he's a good player now. Oh, If great. he is healthy. I didn't even realize he had a little bit of back injury. That's a little bit. You homework know. I was doing. I love that you know all this stuff. It's incredible that you know. Yeah. From Robert Streb to Bobby Streb Bobby to Streb, back injury for Harris. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm living in it. I'm swirling. Did you also see, uh, you're going to get your pick in a minute, but Matt Every, did you see he's, I guess he's doing analyst work this week. Good. If that's a every might be fantastic. I've told There's you this before. He's There's an a unbelievable soundbite. Yeah. Every might be unreal on the broadcast. I'm looking forward to that. Well, I'm not going to lie to you. That might be the spot that he needs to be in because it's been uh, rough on the it's course. It's been rough on golf. But I think I saw a quote where he said, I don't care if anybody likes me out there anyway, so I'll say yeah. whatever I want. Yeah. No, it's an interesting. <laughs> Which is true with him. He's an interesting watch and listen for sure. Um, All right, who you got? Uh, yeah, I hate to do it, but look, I'm down a whole lot. Even if I win, I'm still in third. You going Streb? I'm not going Bobby Streb. Love Bobby Streb, though. Give me Scotty Scheffler. Scheffler. I think he's a favorite, right? Yeah, he is. All right, two, that's fine. I believe it's uh, eighth and second in his last two starts. He's playing Ooh. great. And he was top, uh, I think he was top five here last year. So he needs to eventually get a win. He still does not have a PGA Tour win. I think he gets it this really? week. Really? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. He's a he's rider so cupper. Yep. And he doesn't have a PGA Tour win. Not yet. He's got a couple seconds. That and is he, crazy. He, I wouldn't say he choked it, but he lost to Horschel in the WGC uh, match play. I remember that. Yep. And okay. he was definitely the favorite. All right. Luke List. I've got uh, Harris English. I'm like the local guy, by the way. I take a lot of local you guys. Are. And you've got Scotty Scheffler. All right. Fun show today. Uh, thanks to Mount Washington. Good luck to Ponte Vedra Sharks in volleyball tonight, 7 o'clock. We'll have the highlights on Fox 30 and CBS 47. We'll also have this cool story coming up later tonight. You want to check that out uh, with Dreams Come True. And thanks to Matthew Driscoll. They play UCLA tonight. You can listen to FSU basketball, 730, right here on ESPN 690. Of course, I'll see you on TV. And we'll be back at it tomorrow at String Sports Brewery. Have a good night, everybody.